This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Welcome to Jumping Bomb Audio. Welcome back to Jumping Bomb Audio, the number one podcast all about the world of Joshi Pro Wrestling. My name is Taylor, and I'm joined, as always, by my good friend Kelly. Kelly, happy May and happy Golden Week. Happy Golden Week. You know, prior to just starting the show, I had a had an event happen to me, and I was like, all right, this is some good early show banter material. So like, I, was, I went to the bathroom, because, you know, you got to before you do a show originally i wasn't going to and i was like you know i should do that just in case and while i was peeing i was like see kelly this could all been in your pants instead of in the toilet and then i look to my right and see a big old bug i'm like oh shit what's that and i think it was a stink bug so then i'm like well shit what do i do with this i don't want to crush it because then it'll smell bad so i grabbed it with some toilet paper and threw it in the toilet and then quickly flushed and then, I'm pretty sure it was a stink bug, but with the mixture of toilet water and pee, it made the to- the whole bathroom smell like fresh-cut grass. It's very, very interesting experience. Wow, that is a Kelly story if I've ever heard one. <laughs> I, I legitimately thought partway through that story was just going to be about you going to the bathroom before the show i mean it was going honestly that's how it started i as i was peeing i was like oh man we can talk about this to start the show where it's like look you know sometimes you just gotta try it's like when you're a little kid and your parents are like hey you gotta at least try you know and it's like well look if i hadn't tried all this could have been in my pants and you wouldn't have seen a bug so i wouldn't have seen a bug, bug and it wouldn't have made my bathroom smell like fresh cut grass Seeing bugs is very, I'm not particularly afraid of bugs, but it's always sort of shocking. I occasionally see bugs in my apartment. It's startling. It's startling, yeah. Um, suddenly there's this living thing by you and it's like, are you a danger to me? <laughs> and also I live by myself. So any movement that doesn't come from me in my apartment is very surprising to me. Yeah, no, it's like this shouldn't be here. I'm like, you have invaded my space. I often go to sleep. I have this like once every few months where I go to sleep, I wake up, and I think there's someone in my house. Oh, God. I have no proof for this, and obviously there isn't anyone in my house, or I don't think there's anyone in my house. But it's just a weird feeling when you wake up and you're like, I know it. Because the only option is either you go to sleep, (laughs) and you're like, well, if there's someone in the house, then whatever i'll just go to sleep and they might kill me yeah they'll murder or, me in my sleep rather than them doing it directly to me while i'm trying to adventure through the house yeah or you wake up and you move around and if there's someone in the house you're essentially walking directly to them to be killed yeah uh 
anyway, what an intro for this episode of Jumping Bomb Audio. We got a lot to talk about, but first, the plugs. You can follow us on Twitter at Audio. You can follow Kelly at Comic Geek Kelly, and you can follow me at Tay Mambo. Please subscribe to us on your podcast app of choice. And if that podcast app of choice happens to be Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating and review. We'd really appreciate it. And if you're feeling extra generous, you can donate to the show at redcircle.com slash shows slash jumping dash bomb dash audio. And one additional plug this week. On Tuesday, I will be appearing alongside host Andrew Rich on the new episode of Music of the Mat covering 10 great stardom themes from the heavy hitters of stardom. We're talking Shuri, we're talking Utami, Momo Watanabe, Starlight Kid, Azumi, and many more. Had a great time on the podcast. So when that comes out on Tuesday, give it a listen. It's a great show. It's been one of my favorites really since it began for many years. So check that episode out when it drops. But back to our show, we got a lot to talk about. We got the Stardom Cinderella Tournament Finals. We have some Seedling to talk about, Diana to talk about, some Tokyo Joshi. And then, of course, we have a ton of shows to preview with Golden Week coming up. So we are going to dive right in to talking about Stardom Cinderella Tournament 2022 Finals from Oda City, Oda City General Gymnasium on April 29th in front of 2017 fans. Kelly, what do you think of the show overall? Overall, I enjoyed it. Um, the only thing I wasn't super hot on was the uh, the gauntlet match, but that's you know here or there. Like the rest of the card, I really enjoyed. Um, one thing that stood out to me—I don't know if you noticed this—did the crowd just seem super dead throughout the entire show to you? I've just sort of started ignoring the crowds, yeah. Like, to my own detriment, because at the Corican with the Cinderella um, matches on it, they started cheering. And it was so funny because I saw people start like tweeting, commenting, being like, oh, my God, cheering's coming back. And I was like, oh, I've just tuned myself into ignoring completely what the crowd is doing, <laughs> that it has no effect on me. And even like that sort of positive, you know, it wasn't a ton of cheering, but it was some. Like I just sort of tuned it out because I'm like, the crowd is not going to help my enjoyment of this match. So I'm yeah. just going to ignore them. Yeah. Typically I'll do the same, but like sometimes I'll almost, I'll more just notice the absence than anything. Like I'll, clapping is whatever, but it was just like nothing. It was weird. Like they were oddly quiet. And I don't think it was the show's doing at all. Like I thought the show was pretty good, but just, I don't know. It seemed like, and it's not like they didn't draw. They drew a pretty good number. It's just, I, I don't know. They The people didn't feel like clapping. Everyone, everyone hurt their hands the previous day or something. Yeah, and I don't know exactly what's happening in Japan. I know that like sports are, I think, starting to allow cheering. So it could just be a, a 
you know, thing where people are tired of going to these shows and just clapping and they're like, I'm just going to just go and sit and watch the show. Yeah. Makes sense. I also, I thought it was a, a solid show. Not, you know, probably not my favorite show, but I thought it was very good from top to bottom highlighted by one match, which I thought was phenomenal, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But let's get right into it first with the dark match, three-way match, with Amy Sore of God's Eye defeating Mei Sakurai and Wakasukiyama in four minutes and 19 seconds after Amy Sore hit the brain buster on Wakasukiyama. Kelly, what did you think of this match? Poor Waka takes the fall again absolute bottom of the stardom ladder uh i thought it was fine it was a decent three-way um at one point i was thinking about this remember how when we were talking about the potential donna del mundo split and i was like well the clear evidence that this is happening is my my sakurai's around and they didn't have her change her name so it's clear that she's leaving She's still in Donna Del Mundo, and it bothers me to no end that she's just completely screwing up their naming conventions of the single name. Like, what are you, what are you doing? Change your name. Just be Mai or Sakurai or do something different. That it, it bothers me, but whatever. The match is fine. I went uh, two and a half stars. Yeah, she feels very disconnected from the rest of that group, especially now that there's all this stuff happening. It's sort of like, whoa, all this... Drama's happening with these people who have tagged for so long. Oh, except for Mei Sakurai, who just sort of showed up here. Yeah, she's she's there. Yeah, but I thought it was a fine, basic match. Uh, I thought Amy Sore looked much better than Sakurai or Sukiyama for sure. did in the brief amount of time. I mean, the Brain Buster at the end, I thought, looked really great. I don't know how much it really looked. It sort of didn't look like a Brain Buster to me. Uh but, you know, it's a dark match. It's four minutes long. Perfectly, perfectly acceptable start to the show. Yeah. The following match was our first title match of the evening for the future of stardom title. The champion Hanan defeating Hina in six minutes and 26 seconds with the backdrop hold. Uh, with this defense, Hanan's fifth defense. She ties Starlight Kid, who had five defenses. And when I looked it up on Cage Match, it said that Utami had also five defenses. But there, I also read something where people were saying that she had six defenses, which I don't remember quite. Uh, but anyway, Hannon very much up there. Starlight Kid lost the title on her sixth defense, and Utami vacated the belt so if she gets six if she gets another successful defense she'd be either at the top or pretty close to the top for the record for a number of defenses with this title which is pretty interesting yeah um, i mean she deserves it i've really enjoyed this this title run yeah i thought this match was really solid i thought it was a great official start to the show uh, still pretty short, six minutes and 26 seconds. Uh, at one point, I thought Hina was going to hit a made in Japan because uh, she did the sort of beginning part of it where you, I don't even know what you, how you would describe it. 
but you sort of lift them up and then she just sort of did a suplex. But I was like, oh, it made in Japan. And then it wasn't a made in Japan. <laughs> but I thought this was really good. Well worked. It had some good near falls, especially because as we talked about, Hannon has now had this title for a while. So it's very believable that she would drop it to someone. I thought they had some good reversals. Um, Hannon going for the backdrop driver at one point and Hina turned it into a trip and then um, a pin, which I thought was really cool. So I thought this was a really solid match. I went three and a half stars. I thought it was really good. Oh, wow. Uh, I thought one thing that Hanan does really well is her 2.99 kickouts. Like, and she's a lot better at that than most people with her experience level. So that definitely adds to the drama of the matches. Because like you said, there is times where it's like, oh, she's probably going to drop it. But the hand shoots up at the last second. So she's pretty advanced for her experience level with that. Uh, I went just three stars. I really liked it. But yeah, no, it's I'm really excited to see where she keeps going with this rain or how long she'll hold on to it. Yeah, she has a number of people who she can still defend it against. Uh, There's Miyu. There was talk about maybe a defense against Tomika and Naba, which would be a lot of fun. So it will be interesting to see where it goes next and see if Hannon can get that uh, clear and away record. I Looking through the history, it seems like three is usually about the number of defenses people get. That's sort of the average. So already well above the average, which I think portends well for Hannon's uh, future. Oh, definitely. Yeah, no, she's she's got a pretty bright future with the company for sure. The next match was our first Cinderella Tournament semi-final match, which saw Koguma defeat her tag team partner, Hazuki in six minutes and 17 seconds with the jackknife bomb. Kelly, us in the mud immediately. I know. I know. Right away. (laughs) The two people who said, well, it's definitely Hazuki. We both agree. And that's going to be right. Are immediately proved wrong. When Hazuki goes down, I thought this was another really fun match. Uh, It's sort of my style of match, the high speed, quicker style. I really liked near the end, there was the code breaker. Yes. That got turned into the pin, which I had never seen before and I thought was really cool. Um, And I just said super fun match. I went three and a half stars again. Three. I'm a three and a half star guy on this show. (laughs) Yeah, I'm three and a quarter on this one. And yeah, the that code breaker counter was awesome like that was the one thing that i'm taking away from this match for sure like that was super cool and it's like koguma's really kind of inventive in that way like she does interesting things where it's like oh i've never thought you could do that before yeah certainly does a lot of fun things i mean i know sort of both of us when koguma started uh started back i should say returned to the company we both sort of were like oh this is fine yeah but she has really become one of my favorite wrestlers over the past few months to watch i think she's really fun to watch she's creative she has my she sort of wrestles a style that i really like and both her and hazuki have been really solid additions to sort of the mid card of stardom Mm -hmm. yeah koguma she just wrestles differently than almost everyone else in the company. So it's a, it's a welcome 
bit of variety. The next match was the second Cinderella Tournament semifinal, which saw Mirai defeat Natsupoi in 8 minutes and 17 seconds using the Miramare submission hold. Kelly, what did you think of this match? That submission just looks crazy. Like, I love it. It it looks like you could just easily pop someone's shoulders out. Just no problem. Uh, I thought even though she lost, Natsupoi came out of this match looking great. Like, I just she had a really, really good showing here. Uh, And just really good high action match. I enjoyed this a lot. I went uh, three and three quarters. I thought this match was fine. I've totally forgot for some reason. I guess it's because it was on a different show and my brain sort of reset that the over the top rope rules were still in effect. I completely forgot about that until like halfway through the Koguma Hazuki match when they started like when someone went over the top rope for a second. I was like, oh, yeah, that's an option. Like, I don't know if it's just because it was on it. It's on a different show and it's like, oh, these are the finals that I was like, oh, that doesn't exist anymore. But they started teasing it and I was like, oh, yeah, I guess that is a way Uh, I was lower than you. I thought it was a perfectly fine match. Like I probably would have been three and a quarter. I also wrote in my notes justice for Natsupoi, who I thought was really good. Uh, So we agree on that. We will... Uh, later in the show, we can talk more sort of about Mirai because there will be more to say. But to me, she sort of feels a bit like Utami in that she's a good wrestler. And I feel like I don't know anything about who she is. Yeah, she's, she's just sort of like a friendly person who wrestles. Yeah, strong lady, no personality, really. <laughs> But anyway, we will talk about that more in a few minutes later on the show. The next match was another stardom gauntlet match, which saw the Cosmic Angels team emerge victorious. That Cosmic Angels team, Muni Shirakawa, Tom Nakano, and Unagi Sayaka. It went this way. The match started with Stars and Queen's Quest. Stars emerged victorious when Mayu Iwatani pinned Lady C. Then Oedo Tai Team A came out, which was Momo Watanabe, Ruaka, and Starlight Kid. Oedo Tai beat Stars when Momo Watanabe pinned Sayaida. Then Oedo Tai Team B came out, which was Fukigen Death, Rina, and Saki Kashima. And Oedo Tai Team A beat Oedo Tai Team B when Starlight Kid pinned Rina. Then Donna Del Mundo came out. That Donna Del Mundo team, Julia, Micah, and Tekla. They beat Oedo Tai when Micah pinned Ruaka. And finally, the Cosmic Angels were the last team in the match, beating Donna Del Mundo when Tom eliminated Julia over the top rope kelly what'd you think of this match i thought it was fine like it was it was 100 percent uh just get everyone on the card match and i kind of appreciate them doing it all at once rather than here's just a bunch of random tags so that was cool um it moved pretty quickly for the most part but i don't know outside of the final uh 
Cosmic Angels versus Down to El Mundo uh, segment, I didn't really care much for it. So overall, I'd probably give the match like three and a quarter. Like it was fine, but it was very clearly just get everyone out instead of like, I don't know, it could have just been a battle royal or something. I sort of went in being like, oh, another gaunt like another gauntlet match. We just had a gauntlet match. I don't particularly like gauntlet matches. I think they're just sort of weird and yeah. useless. But I found myself actually sort of really liking this one. I don't know if it's because I went in sort of thinking, uh, like I won't like this. And then I did. I liked the first uh not the first, the only Oedo Tai Stars portion of it it helped that you know you had momo and starlight kid and mayu and sai eat it like you had a lot of very talented people and it was very clear like a lot of these other teams were like two good people and then like mm, like even like momo watanabe ruaka and starlight kid yeah <laughs> um then the oedo tai goof troop came out as i put them in my notes there was a lot of very young near children uh smoking in the ring yeah that was weird i was like oh, okay um i i really did like one moment during i mean i liked the whole thing of donna del mundo against cosmic angels but i liked one moment where tom was running the ropes i don't remember who was in the ring with her but julie was on the floor outside the ring and went to like swipe her feet like you sometimes do where it's like ah i distracted you yeah. because i touched your feet and she missed, I think, I think purposefully, like, I think she was not supposed to hit her, but I do like that idea of not just with this, but sometimes people doing things that don't work out because then it makes it when you do get it, you're like, oh, you're not just doing it because it's part of this match. You do it all the time. And this time it succeeded. Like people, um, this happened in the uh, Diana tag match, which we'll talk about in a little while. Someone is on the top rope and, you know, sometimes someone comes over and holds their leg and they're like, now you can't jump off the top rope. And now my partner can come over and get you where it happened in that match where someone went to grab someone's leg on the top rope and they jumped off the top rope before they could grab them. And I was like, I like those interesting sort of, moments when you try something and it doesn't work out because it makes the moments when you do try it and it does work out feel like they're not just planned out moments you know what i mean does that make sense yeah. no it it totally does it makes it feel more real like one yeah. honestly one thing that you could that would be good in american wrestling is if someone comes out to the ring during a match and the other wrestlers in the ring pay them no mind <laughs> instead of like what's this music who is this yeah, well, that's a that's a hope that I've always had that seemingly will never, yeah, uh, will never come to fruition. Uh, but yeah, that's totally one of them too. Just like moments where you're like, "Hey, I'm trying to do something, and this time it didn't work. Maybe next time it'll work." Mm -hmm. uh, I just like those things. But I enjoyed this. I probably would have gone. What would I have gone? Three and a half stars. Uh, <laughs> You know, I would prefer that these now stop happening uh, because there's only so much that I'm like, ooh, another gauntlet match. Like, they're all sort of the same. They don't, you know, this one went 25 minutes, but, you know, there were five matches. 
So it's and with entrances and everything, it's like okay, so you're watching a bunch of like four minute matches, which yeah, isn't super exciting. Yeah, it was better than the uh, the tag gauntlet that Impact ran on their pay per view. So I was like, okay, well, it's better than that, I guess. Seems like a low bar, but yeah. Uh... <laughs> you know what? Maybe Carl Anderson and Luke Gallus should have been in this one. It certainly would have been interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the next match was our second title match. It was the high speed title match. The champion Azumi retaining her title over May Saruga in 13 minutes and six seconds with the Azumi Sushi. Kelly, I will throw it to you first. I got a lot to say about this, as <laughs> I'm sure you do as well. Hell yeah. This is the good shit. Like, this was so good. It was two of the absolute best in this kind of high speed style of wrestling going out and just doing a bunch of cool shit. And it's like that. This is exactly what I wanted. The whole match was just very fun. Like they, you could tell they were enjoying themselves doing this and it made you like, it's like, Oh, this is great. This is exactly kind of the match that they pictured in their mind. And they're just going out and executing this vision. And it was great. I loved it. Um, I don't know how you can watch this match and not come away thinking that May is anything other than a star. She came off so well here. Like they, it really felt like Azumi was like, "All right, you know, we're gonna get you over with this." Like I'm sure there's a ton of people seeing her for the first time outside of the the Rumble, the last big show, and it was they did a great job. Uh, May looked fantastic here. Uh, I was super happy with this match. I went four and a half stars. Uh, definitely my match of the night. Well, I was right there with you. I went four and a half stars. It was also my match of the night. I do want to say before, you know, my my mind says just ignore it. If you've been on Twitter recently in the last few days, you've seen that a clip of about 15 seconds of this match has gone viral uh, through Disco Inferno, of all people. Oh, yeah. Fuck Glenn Uh, Gilberti. Glenn, uh, you listen to this? Pick the place. Pick the place. We'll fight it out. Meet me in the Walgreens parking lot. I'll bash your head in with an Arizona iced tea. Let's fucking go, Glenn. Wow, that's not my reaction, but I have to say this. This was all coming after Dave Meltzer said that stardom is the best women's wrestling in the world. You knew, you had to know it was coming because, look, some people like Dave Meltzer, some people don't like Dave Meltzer. If you don't like Dave Meltzer, fine. But there are people who are clearly bad faith. You know, if you're just like, hey, I prefer not to listen, you know, I don't really enjoy listening to Dave Meltzer. It's not for me. That's different. There are people out there who are clearly bad faith actors who are sitting around to pounce on any single thing that Dave says. First of all, Dave is correct. Yeah. If the comparison is between the stardom roster and Raw and SmackDown, stardom is so beyond really what 98% of the WWE roster is capable of. I mean, Bianca Belair and, you know, Sasha and Bailey, and then maybe Becky and Charlotte. 
the rest of that roster is garbage. Yeah. And Oscar kind of at this point. Oh, and like Asuka, she yeah. just showed back up again after being gone for so long. So it's like, I don't even know if you counter right now. <laughs> um, but um, now I lost my train. Oh, no. <laughs> lost my train of thought. Anyway, you knew it was going to happen. This clip came out, this 15 seconds of this match. It was the perfect thing for people to glom onto and be like, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. It's the segment where if you haven't been on Twitter, bless you, your life is better than mine. (laughs) Um, It's the 15 seconds where they use the ref and they sort of do a back and forth. It literally is 15 or 16 seconds long, the entire clip. Yeah. People know who have listened to this podcast. I don't particularly love moments when the ref gets involved in that manner, in the manner of, you know, I don't like the evil, um, when they hold the leg or whatever that evil, that thing that evil does is, but this is 15 seconds of a match that went 13 over 13 minutes. It's, you know, it's better to me just to like freaking ignore these people. Yeah. And even in this case, I thought the ref spot was actually kind of fun. Yeah. And it was, and it was, very, you know, it's one of those things where it's quick enough where you could convincingly be like, oh, okay, they just grabbed the ref and the ref was like, ah, you know. Yeah, and it was like all choreographed really well. Like he didn't like miss a beat with it either. Like I was kind of impressed with it. <laughs> but anyway, my main point is stardom is much better uh, than WW than WWE. Yeah, that's, that's the end point. No matter what Disco Inferno says about you know. Oh God, the business is being ruined. He can fucking take a hike. Yeah, you disco ass bitch. <laughs> anyway, um, back to the match. I thought it was great. I loved the um, the rolling pin reversal on the outside when they started flying towards the cameraman who had to dive out of the way. Yes, that was awesome. Um, that was good. The stuff on the outside was good. I liked May taking the headphone the microphone, whatever you call it, headset from Momo Kogo and like introducing herself. Yeah. (laughs) And the corner dive that Azumi did where she jumped up and nearly fell and was like, Whoa. And then like bounced and then jumped. I thought was very cool. That was Um, honestly more impressive than if she had just nailed it. Yeah. Cause it was like, she recovered so well and managed to still do it. Like that was really, it showed a ton of just body control. And then near the end, I almost didn't write any notes because I was so into the match. I was like watching the match. There were so many reversals, pins, things like that, that I just wrote that ruled and then wrote four and a half stars. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. Uh, A great match. I mean, Azumi, I don't know what her um, workload is going to look like this year. Obviously, she's still high speed champion, but. I mean, a incredible match with Starlight Kid earlier in the year. Now this match, a sort of low level, you know, people like naturally, people like Shuri, people like Sai Kamatani, uh, Mirai are going to get sort of the focus of this company. Naturally, they're the champions. They're the high up people, you know, Utami, Mayu, people like that. 
I think Azumi in 2022 has been the best wrestler in this company. Yeah, it's very much like the uh, WCW cruiserweight division kind of thing, where it's like looking back on these shows, the moments and stuff you remember are the awesome cruiserweight matches rather than fucking whatever Hulk Hogan was doing. You know, like this, this really feels reminiscent of that. And the last thing I'll say is I did get a question um, from a friend after the after I think they had watched the match and they were like, is this May Saruga's best match? I have to say, no, if you watch this match and you had never seen May Saruga and you were impressed and you want to see more, there's many, many incredible matches of hers in Choco Pro. I know some people yep. are going to hear that and say, well, I'm not going to do that. Um, but she's got some incredible matches there. I think to me, Kelly, I don't know if you agree. This was sort of between her quote unquote bigger work in stardom, you know, not that many matches in stardom, stardom and Tokyo Joshi. I oh, mean, when she, this, when she was, this was the Joshi? best. This was the best one of those to me. I don't remember her being in Tokyo Joshi. That's okay. That's interesting. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, she's like, this is a very, very, very good match of hers. I do think she has better output. Um, the match she had against Emi Sakura was very good uh, last year before Sakura left to the U.S. Um, uh, in 2020, she had the awesome match against Mitsuru Kono with the crazy slap that like echoed throughout the <laughs> the uh, Ichigaya. Uh, a ton of her tag stuff with Aki is awesome. Uh, I One in particular, I don't know why this one stands out so much, but it is the tag title defense against Psycho and Chango. <laughs> like, I love that match. But yeah, she's got a ton of great matches in the Chaco Pro Bat catalog. And it's so funny because I also was thinking, um, sort of on an unrelated, related but unrelated note, you know, Riho recently announced that she was going back to She'll be back in AEW. She had some sort of injury, which is now healed, uh, and she will be back. And, you know, May Saruga was sort of the uh, era. When Riho left, it was sort of like May Saruga was the heir apparent when, Kelly, we were in Japan in 2019. Yeah. They had the big May Saruga-Riho match, which I thought at the time Mace Ruga was going to win and sort of become like, it was going to be like, ah, the baton is passed. That didn't happen. But to me, you know, to compare, I never thought it would be possible that I would think, oh, you know, Riho has been surpassed. But I think Mace Ruga is putting together a very strong catalog of matches. Some of that is that her matches are more readily available than Riho's were. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, back when Riho was wrestling in Japan with Gato Move and things like that. You know, Mace Ruga has gotten these opportunities on bigger stages like Stardom. But Mace Ruga, from someone who a few years ago I thought, oh, she'll be a nice, you know, little replacement for Riho. She may never be as good. I mean, she has really, she gets better seemingly every time she's in the ring. Yeah. Uh, like, I. May is one of my favorite wrestlers right now. Like, for sure. E easy top five. One of my favorites. Like, just, 
I always go out of my way to watch her matches. And just she's grown so much as a wrestler. She's got the personality stuff down. Like she's she has a character, you know, like and it it shifts depending on like her the show. Because sometimes in Choco Pro, she's like, you know what? I don't like this person. I'm a heel. Like just sometimes she's like, hey, it's Chris Brooks. I'm going to use the English I know to call him bad white names. <laughs> like it's it's great. Like I. I still can't believe that AEW had her for like a month, six weeks, and they did virtually nothing with her. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I agree. I don't know if that had some, I think I heard at some point it had something to do with the the visa that she had. Okay. Where she had a visa to get in the country, but not to technically work in the country that may have had something to do with it. But I agree. I mean, I would have said at the time, if she's coming, we should get her a work visa. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know if that was impossible at the time, but I do agree. But either way, happy to see her get a, a platform, you know, and as we said, as, as much as the sort of disco inferno stuff is annoying, you know, I sort of looked at the, the quote tweets of the original gif or the original clip of the match. A lot of people were like, Hey, this is really cool. This is really mm-hmm. great. So as much as it's like, Oh, it's annoying. Like here comes this guy who fucking doesn't know anything to ruin everyone's fun. Some people are going to see that and go, Hey, this is cool. And check out the shows or check out the matches or find Mace Ruga matches, which ends up being a net positive in the immediate. It's annoying. But, you know, I think a lot of people are going to see this match and go, wow, this is really cool, especially after they dig into more of the match. You know, there's the other clip that's floating out there of May um, doing the running jump off of the the pole. uh, Oh, yeah, the ring post. The ring ring post, yeah. And that is just... That's something she regularly does in Choco Pro just because of that's the environment she's used to. And so it's interesting to see her bring that style to your typical just wrestling ring. Yeah, Um, but overall, an amazing match, I would say, of all the matches on the show, if you were only going to watch one, this would be the match to watch. Yeah, definitely. And selfishly i i hope may doesn't get locked up by stardom you know like i i I like seeing her work in other places especially at choco pro so i'd be kind of sad if that would just not be able to happen anymore but you know i really really am happy that she's getting these opportunities well i should say and one thing that we did miss i now realize now that you brought that up is that after the gauntlet match oh yeah uh, (laughs) the color squad came out i meant to say that and then uh, forgot about it. So we'll go backwards. Uh, the color squad came out and sort of challenged Cosmic Angels. Tom, a former Actress Girls member uh, there. So there is some history there. Saki leading the color squad there. But that sort of, and I did actually briefly talk about this on the episode of Music of the Mat that will be coming out this week. I do think at the moment when stardom uh, when Bushi Road bought Stardom, I was very fearful that they were going to destroy at least a couple of promotions 
in just being like, Hey, we want, you know, 15 of the best wrestlers. We'll take two from here, two from here and two from here. And then everyone else is dead. I think, you know, with the colors thing, we've had the prominence uh, deal going on. We have Mace Ruga coming in. I think that stardom overall has been a net positive for the entire Joshi scene. Now, of course, the COVID stuff has been a net negative and maybe a stronger net negative than the net positive of stardom. But I'm not really all that worried No, about May leaving. You know, they introduced her when she walked out. They were like, she's in Gato Move. She's in Choco Pro. Like, they are not... It doesn't... I could totally be proven wrong in six months when they sign all these people. I don't know, but... It doesn't to me feel like a thing where they're like, "Hey, these people are coming in and we're steal like we're going to steal them." It just feels like they're like, "Hey, these people are talented, we'll bring them in for a show." I mean, they have so many shows, so many matches to fill. You know, I think it's a lot smarter to bring in Mesaruga than to run back, you know, Azumi versus Koguma, Azumi versus Fukigen Death. Yeah for, you know, time number 10,000 or whatever it is. And then, you know, you help them a little and then maybe you bring it back or maybe there's a point in the future where maybe you bring these people in full time. But it doesn't feel, it hasn't felt to me, and there was sort of the moment when Julia came in, you know, years ago, that sort of moment of Julia coming in felt in a way malicious that yeah. made me very nervous about like, oh, this is going to be stardom's thing is they're just going to go and be like, great, we have you now. Screw whoever you're coming from. None of this to me, the marvelous stuff, a lot of the marvelous stuff they've done, prominence now with colors, you know, May and uh, Yuna and Emmy from Gato Move. None of this has felt malicious. It's felt like, hey, we have this big scene and let's use it and let's all work together. And stardom is also doing you know, the anniversary, the, the Corican Hall anniversary show, they've been very willing to seemingly sort of help out the scene as a whole, which I think has been a big positive. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I think last episode we were talking about the prominence thing and trying to figure out if that was done or not. And I think it's done because they did pop up in DDT, I guess, today. Yeah, although Suzu has a match coming up, but I don't know how much of that is just like, oh, here's someone we can use rather exactly. than being like, oh, it's still the story. But it could just be that, you know, that story sort of ended and now Colors will be the story. Yeah, I'm wondering, do you think that Stardom would be willing to lend out Julia for the like first actual big prominence show? to like do a well i think this show that they had which we'll talk about in a bit i think counts as their first big show does it okay i thought it was still like a test and it feels like to me if stardom wanted to do that if they wanted to do like julia versus suzu they would be like do it in our do it in a stardom ring yeah it all it all depends on how hardcore they want to go with it though because i could see there being a point where stardom's like no, you do that over there, please. Yeah, that is possible. But I also don't really have a great hold on what exactly, prom- like how hard prominence is going to go into being like, these are big shows because they seem very sort of happy to be like, we're here, we're showing up here. Yeah. 
you know, we're now in DDT. We were in stardom, you know, where it becomes sort of a strong hearts thing where it's less about doing your own shows and more about what promotions you can work with. Mm -hmm. So uh, we'll see, but, you know, looking in the future, it's much better to sort of look and be like, Oh, there's lots of exciting things that can happen rather than being like, Oh God, or my, you know, favorite company is going to get totally killed. Yeah. <laughs> the semifinals of the show was the Cinderella tournament finals where Mirai defeated Koguma in 11 minutes and 45 seconds with the Mirai shock. Uh, Kelly, what did you think of the match? What do you think about Mirai emerging victorious? from the Cinderella tournament. I gotta be honest, this match really didn't grab me like at all. I, I don't know. I just thought it wasn't bad, but just nothing about it really connected with me. I thought it was a very lackluster final. And I don't, I don't know, kind of a lackluster winner, I guess. Like I, I don't, I don't see Mirai at this level, I guess, but yeah, it's, it's, it didn't work much for me. I just, I went with the, the gentleman's three. What about you? Yeah. I thought it had the very difficult task of following a great match that I loved. Yeah. So I think even if it would have been like pretty good, I still might've been like, Oh, it was fine. I probably would have been around three. Like you were, I thought it was perfectly serviceable. It wasn't really all that long. Like most of the matches on the show were pretty short. Yeah, that was actually really nice. I, I enjoyed that. You know, Mirai, there's been a lot of debate uh, all around about her as a winner. I think my biggest issue stems from the fact that it doesn't feel to me like this is a winner where a lot of the winners in the past, it felt like they're they're hitting their head against the sort of ceiling. And the Cinderella tournament is a thing that sort of opens it up and you're, and you're like, Oh, now they're a big time player. Yeah. In stardom. It, it to me doesn't feel that way with Mirai mainly because she just had a title match and lost Mm -hmm. like less. What was that? December? Uh, yeah, it was fairly something like that. Um, And it just feels to me weirdly like, oh, you lost. You haven't really done a ton. You know, she had the two showcase matches. um, And it's like, oh, okay, now you're back again. You know, who she challenges. I guess she could challenge Saya, I guess. Yeah. That would be sort of a more believable, like, oh, I guess she could win that match and become white belt champion. I guess it just doesn't feel like the usual feeling of like, this is a person who's really good and now they're going to get the rocket strapped to them. And here they go like, woo, they're going and they're going to be a huge star in the company. You know, Julia was that way. Um, And I, you know, if I'm, we're about to talk about her in a second. If I am Micah and Himika, I'm looking at Mirai and going, uh Oh, um, the three of us all sort of fill the same role. <laughs> We're, you know, no longer in the same group because Mirai is now in God's eye. So maybe that's helpful. But to me, Micah, Himi- Micah Himika and Mirai are all sort of very close copies of 
sort of the same person. It's the the three Spider-Mans pointing at each other. <laughs> it's like tough, um, you know, like tough wrestler who's sort of in the mid, maybe upper mid card who just doesn't feel like there was also a lot of talk about people saying, well, you know, they're doing this slow burn with Micah and Himika, you know, because one big complaint people had is they're like, Mirai just showed up in this company like four months ago and now she's winning the Cinderella tournament. She's had a title, you know, that I don't really mind all that much. Like if that's what they think is good and they want to do, like, I don't particularly care how fast people get moved up the card. I mean, they did it with Unagi where she like ran up the card. So it's not, I'm not all surprised prized in that way it just is a thing where it's the same thing i've always talked about it's like there's a now a log jam of people who are very similar himika micah and mirai they can't all get pushed at the same time they're all fairly similar and you know people saying oh himika micah that's a slow it's a slow burn they're not really doing anything with them (laughs) Like Himika had a title shot. She lost again. She's lost all of her title, you know, singles title chances. So it doesn't to me feel like, oh, there's there's a slow burn going on with them. It no. just feels like, oh, there's nothing to do with them. And then once every six months, you can be like, oh, they're the title. Uh, they're going to have a title match. They're going to lose. Um, and Pretty I think much. a lot about Dragon Gate had a, a Corican Hall show this week that I watched and there's a lot of similarities to me with Dragon Gate and Stardom the way they're set up with sort of these factions they have a number of titles that they can use and I was just so struck by the fact that the main event of this Corican Hall show a hot main event ended with this sort of decision of Jason Lee didn't have anything to do with any titles was totally not related to titles, but it was a hot angle that really helped Jason Lee, even though it, again, it doesn't have anything to do with he's challenging for titles, he's fighting. It had to do with the storyline that got people invested. And that's something I wish they would do more. They did, they, you know, when they do it, they seemingly do a great job. They did a great job with Starlight Kid. with The Mm -hmm. storyline of her turning, that was hugely helpful for her. But it feels like they're like, oh, okay, we'll do it like once every four months. We'll do it with one person at a time. Yeah, no, it, they they just don't have like the storytelling bandwidth for more than one story at a time. It's very weird. And they're running so many shows now. I mean, it's Golden Week, so it's a little bit different. But when we talk about the number of shows that start that Stardom has coming up in the next two weeks, it's crazy. And there's so much room for you to do so many things with some of these people beyond just saying, okay, once in a blue moon, you draw with the champion and you get a title shot, Mm -hmm. you know? So uh, we'll see what Mirai's wish ends up being. Uh, I think that may determine, you know, she, it's one of those things that like, why wouldn't you challenge Shuri? It's the same problem of like the new Japan cup. Like you win the new Japan cup, you can challenge for any title. Why would you not, challenge for the heavyweight title yeah like right now the world of stardom title is the biggest title in this company yeah the only thing is if because you're basically just admitting oh i can't win that so i need to try for the second tier right but 
we will see. But, you know, in some aspects of this sort of discussion, I do agree with some people, but I, I don't think it's quite the, like some people are like, Oh, I can't believe it. Oh, that they could do this. I totally believe that they, <laughs> that they would do this based on what they've done in the past, but it just doesn't seem to be that same, like, ah, they're, they finally arrived moment that a lot of these other people have had through the Cinderella tournament. Mm-hmm. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from Arena Club. Dot com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy slab packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club slab pack, and, and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards and yeah you can open it and look it's going to be junk you're you you know what i mean like you know what you're probably going to get in those maybe you find that fun and sometimes i do sometimes i like just opening up cards and saying hey look at some random cards whatever but if you're really in this game to to find value and find particular cards it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs and it ends up being you know almost nothing you know nothing of value not with arena club you can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading, so you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling, and you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card-collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off. Off again, that's arena club.com slash VOW net, arena club.com slash VOW net for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. The main event was for the World of Stardom title, Shuri the Champion defeating. Himika in 21 minutes and 24 seconds with the Siu Sakai. Uh, Kelly, I'm interested to hear what you thought about this match. I really like this. Uh, I think it was probably my favorite like singles performance I've seen from Himika in her time with the company, unless I'm forgetting something. Uh, it was... I don't really have much to say about it because it was kind of your standard house show or house style stardom main event which is good. Like, I think they did a good version of that. 
but like I, I don't know. I don't have many thoughts just because it's like, all right, it's the throw bombs, do the strike exchange, throw more bombs, one, two, three. Uh, so I went four and a quarter on it. Again, thought it was good, but not super remarkable, I guess. I thought it was mostly fine. I went to close the show three and a half stars. <laughs> um, I think it was badly hurt by the fact that I thought that Himika had absolutely no chance of winning. Oh, yeah. Um, I do agree. I thought aspects of it were very good. I thought Himika looked very good, but it was just something that didn't connect with me really all that much. Um, I don't really have much beyond that to say. I thought it was a perfectly serviceable, fine match in that sort of, as you mentioned, the style that they've established for these big main event title matches. Um, So, yeah. Yeah, that's the problem with these, with the kind of just having the house style like this, where it's just like, well, they kind of all blend together at at a point. And regardless of how good they are, because again, I thought the match was pretty solid. I went, again, four and a half, four and a quarter on it. But it's just like, you can only do the same thing so many times before people are just like, I'm kind of bored by this. So that is everything from Stardom's Cinderella Tournament 2022 Finals. Before we move on to talking about what else happened over the last two weeks in Joshi, Kelly has a message from this week's sponsor. Whoa, buddy, I gotta tell all you guys about HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh, pre-apportioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. You can get fresh, farm-fresh seasonal produce and easy-to-make recipes delivered right to your door every week. Uh, HelloFresh has fit and wholesome recipes for satisfying and nutritious meals that you can feel good about with six recipes per week to choose from, including low-calorie and carb-conscious options. I'll tell you this for free. HelloFresh makes cooking fast, easy, and healthy. Now you can go to HelloFresh.com VOW16 and use code VOW16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. Let me say that again. Go to HelloFresh.com slash VOW16 and use code VOW16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. So what else happened over the last two weeks in Joshi? There was a few more stardom notes. Uh, on April 23rd, there was an artist title match between Donna Del Mundo and the Cosmic Angels that went, you guessed it, to a 30-minute time limit draw. Uh, that's all I'll say about that. Uh, <laughs> also, Konami is returning to stardom, joining with God's Eye. I know that there was chatter online when there was going to be a fourth member, that it could possibly be Konami, and it is Konami. And I'm happy to see Konami back. Uh, I am a Konami fan. So, and, you know, when she left, it was not clear when she would return. So I'm happy to see her back. Yeah, for sure. And she fits in with kind of the style of the group, for sure. Seedling had a Corican Hall show on April 29th. The top three matches were Rico Kaiju against Rico Kawahata, 
Arisa Nakajima versus Tsukasa Fujimoto. And the main event, the tag titles, Asuka and Makoto retaining the titles over Yoshiko and Ryo Mizunami. Kelly, I know that you watched this show. What were your thoughts on it? I thought it was a great show overall. Um, the Riko Kaiju and Riko Kawahata match was really kind of just a hard-hitting war of attrition where it was just, by the end of it, they both looked totally exhausted. It it, it felt like a huge win for Riko, Riko Kaiju. I went three and a half on that one. Fujimoto versus Nakajima was awesome. Like, it's kind of startling to see a match like with this level of violence as kind of just like, oh, it's just, just, you know, a match between friends. Just two best friends just going out and having a sporting contest. And then they just beat the ever loving shit out of each other. Uh, just the second half is so brutal. Uh, I loved it. I went four and a half stars on it. And then the main event was very good too. Uh, just really solid tag title defense. I liked how even though Asuka and Makoto cheat along the way to do to get their win, it still felt earned because of the level of fight that Yoshiko and Mizunami put up. I uh, went four stars on that one. Uh, and then in the undercard match, there was the high-speed four-way, which was pretty much just a going-away match for Sakushi, and it was very sweet and just a whole, just a really nice moment and you could tell all these people really kind of cared about her and just it was it was a really cool moment. So if you enjoy Sakushi as a wrestler, I definitely recommend checking that one out. Yeah, I thought the top three were all really strong. I love the main event. Um, so thought it was well. If you've only got a little bit of time, I would say the top three are all well worth your time. A very good show for Seedling. Tokyo Joshi had a number of shows as they get ready for their next Corican Hall show, which we'll talk about in a few minutes. Uh, on April 24th, the Magical Sugar Rabbits lost in the main event after free Wi-Fi. Kelly's yeah. favorite tag team removed a turnbuckle pad and did a little bit nefariously. They did that on the 24th. They did it on the 30th as well. So maybe some intrigue there with what's going on with free Wi-Fi on the 30th, April 30th. Hyper Masao pinned Shoko Nakajima in the main event leading up to their title match at the Korokan Hall show. So we'll be interesting to see if Hyper Masao can use that success and win the title. Ice Ribbon had a number of shows the 23rd, the 24th, they had a Corican Hall show on the 30th where we saw the match again. Arisa Nakajima, this time defeating Tsukasa Fujimoto for the seedling title, successfully defending her title. That was a rematch of the match that happened at the seedling show. So if you like that match, check out the Ice Ribbon very quick rematch. Yeah. <laughs> Diana had a Corican Hall show on April 29th. Aiko Sato defeated Nagisa Nosaki to win the Diana title. Jaguar Yokota won the Elizabeth title. And also Luminous and the Cosmic Angels went to a double countout in 20 minutes and 25 seconds. I did manage to catch that match before we started recording. I thought it was a very good match. I thought there were some really fun exchanges. There was a really great strike exchange between Unagi and 
and Miyuki Takase. The end of the match was a bit strange. It went to a double countout, but all four ended up outside the ring. They were sort of fighting. The ref starts counting. One, two, three, four. He gets to 11 and stops counting. (laughs) And I was thinking, okay, maybe he was counting too fast. Maybe they're supposed to get back in the ring. And he realized if he kept counting at the speed he's counting, they're going to get counted out. It was sort of weird. He then went out of the ring. He checked on people. He got back in the ring and started counting again, starting at 12. 12, 13, 14, 15. He gets to 19 and stops again. (laughs) And I was like, okay, what's happening? At that point, um, the legal wrestlers in the match were Mina and um, and Haruka Umasaki. And sort of Unagi and Takase were trying to sort of lift them into, you know, from the ground into the ring realized they couldn't do it and then just started fighting each other again, at which point the referee then said 20 and they were both counted out. Um, But it was just sort of a strange, the counting was off. I sort of got what they were going for, but it seemed a bit weird, but one to check out. I thought um, a lot of the match before the finish was very strong. Uh, Cosmic Angels team acquitted themselves very well outside of stardom. So definitely check that one out. Marvelous had a Cork and Hall show on May 1st, just a few hours ago. Takumi Aroha retained her AAAW title over you and Itsuki Aoki and Rin Katakura, the tag team of Aoki and Katakura defeated Kerry Ito and Tomoko Watanabe to win the Triple AW Tag Team Tournament and win the Triple AW Tag Team Titles. So they are officially the Tag Champions. Wave had a couple of shows. And Kelly, what has been happening in the world of Choco Pro? All right, Choco Pro has been running a bunch of shows. Uh, Choco Pro 220. The main event was May Suruga defeating uh, Yuko Sakurai. This match, I feel, is actually a good companion piece to the Azumi match, purely because like it's mostly submission-based, so it kind of shows that Mei is well-rounded in that she's got a pretty good ground game as well as you know the high-speed stuff. Uh, it's three and a half stars, so it's not like amazing, but it's definitely worth checking out if you're a new fan of Mei Saruga. Uh, Chuckle Pro 221, the main event, had Best Bros, uh, May and Balianaki defeating Che Koshikawa and Sayaka Obahiro. Uh, Chuckle Pro 222, the main event was Sayaka Obahiro's 12th anniversary match, which saw Balianaki defeating her. Uh, really good match, mostly submission and strike based. It really kind of shows off the good variety you get from Chuckle Pro. I went three and three quarter stars on that one. Uh, Chuckle Pro 223, Masahiro Takanashi and Chris Brooks defeat Sayaka and Chie Koshikawa in the main event. Uh, really fun match, just riddled with nonsense and interference. At one point, May was tossed out a window when she was the referee, so they got a new referee who was the uh, Rossi Ogawa Memorial Award winner for Coolest Boobs, Hoshi Tango. Uh, he was then trying to count the fall and may jumped in and stopped him because she is the real referee. So you had two refs fighting it out. Wild scene. Uh, it, it was fun though. 
and then Chaka Pro 224, the main event saw Balianaki defeat Tokiko Kirihara. Great. There was also, before we move on to the shows, there was also the first sort of official prominent show that happened um, in the last two weeks. Kelly, I know you watched. I watched it. I enjoyed the show. Kelly, I know you watched it and enjoyed it as well. Yeah, no, that was a really good show. Um, excuse me now as I go look at my match ratings for that one, because I do not recall. Uh, I The main event, the tag match, the fans bring the weapon tag, Suzu Suzuki and Jun Kasai versus Akane Fujita and Violento Jack was really good. Uh, Suzu and Fujita worked really hard. Like, they definitely went out there to have a great match. And Kasai and uh, Jack held, held up their end, too, but they kind of just, for the most part, let the women do their thing. Uh, I went four and a quarter on that one. Definitely worth checking out. And then I also managed to watch the Corican Hall 60th anniversary uh, Joshi show, which I thought was very good. The main event, um, an excellent main event with the uh, Sekigun members teaming with Starlight Kid. Uh, that one is worth checking out. Not a ton else on the show that's must-watch, but a super fun, uh, super quick watch. So if you have time and you're interested in sort of seeing that type of show with a lot of different promotions mixing with each other, uh, I recommend checking that one out. All right, so here we go. The upcoming shows. There's a lot of shows upcoming. So starting with Stardom, Stardom has sort of house shows on... Uh, May 3rd, May 4th, May 7th, May 8th. They also have on May 5th a big show headlined by Saya Kamatani versus Micah for the Wonder of Stardom title. Starlight Kid and Momo Watanabe will defend their tag titles against former champions Hazuki and Koguma, and Tekla will defend the SWA title against Mayu Iwatani. On May 13th is New Blood 2. It will feature Hina and Hanan teaming to take on Tomika, Anaba, and Aoi. Yuna Mizumori going up against Lady C. Saya Ida and Momokogo going up against Rina Amakura and Yuko Sakurai. Emi Sore and Mirai versus Waka Sukiyama and Momoka Hanazona. Take a guess who's taking the fall on that one. Uh, the semi-main is Suzu Suzuki going up against Mei Sakurai. Uh, not sure I could think of a uh, sort of less exciting Suzu Suzuki singles match in stardom. Uh, but the main event will be Mina Shirakawa, Unagi Sayaka, and recently X revealed as Haruka Umasaki after the time limit draw at Diana. Umasaki was asked to join New Blood 2, so it will be the three of them going up against Ruwaka, Rina, and Starlight Kid. Kelly, are you looking forward to New Blood 2? Yeah, no, I really enjoyed the first one. Uh, and re- I think right now my most anticipated match is probably Yuna versus Lady C. Yeah, that one could be a sneaky, good good it could be a sneaky good match i also appreciate yuna just looking completely insane at the uh press conference just decked out in her insane fruit clothing and stuff yeah bringing a an interesting energy yeah 
and then they have a Quirk and Hall show on May 15th. The only match announced for that so far is the five-way match that will determine the leader of Queen's Quest. So that the one match that has been announced for that show so far. Seedling has three shows coming up. Uh, two of them are on the same day on May 2nd. The Best Friends Produce two-part event. So part one will feature Rina Yamashita and Best Friends going up against Asuka, Makoto, and Mai Yuki. Also will feature Sakushi and Yuri going up against Miyuki Takase and Haruka Umasaki with everyone wearing the costumes of Arisa Nakajima and Tsukasa Fujimoto. Ibuki Hoshi versus Momoko Hanazono in a singles match, and the main event of that show, The Best Friends, going up against Yoshiko and Hiroyo Matsumoto. That is the afternoon show. The evening Best Friends produced show will see Hanako Nakamori go up against Hamako Hoshi, Miyuki Takase go up against Just Tap Outs, Misa Kagura. The Best Friends and Sakushi will team up to take on Riko Kawahada. Ayame Sasamura, and Haruka Umasaki. And the main event will be the best friends teaming together to take on Riko Kaiju and Yuki Mashiro. And then they also have a show on May 13th, which will see Arisa Nakajima defend her Beyond the Sea title against Riko Kaiju. Kelly, three pretty fun-looking shows. Yeah, I those two uh, the best friends produce shows look really fun. Uh, I'm definitely want to check those out. Oz has a show coming up on May eighth. That one will be headlined by the first. The semi main will be Akino against Yumioka against you. The winner of that match will be the first of two challengers for the three way title. The next one will be determined on their show on June 19th, and then the match will be in July. And then the main event will see Hiroya Matsumoto, Rina Yamashita, and X against the Ozaki Goon team of Mayumi Ozaki, Mai Yukihi, and Sayori Ano. Tokyo Joshi, as we mentioned earlier, has a big Korokin Hall show coming up. The first match on it will be a three minute exhibition match, Reika Saiki who will be retiring from in-ring um, work, will be retiring from wrestling, will go up against Arisa Endo. Yuki Kamafuku and Mahiro Kiryu will go up against Haruna Neko and Kaya Torabami. Suzume will go up against Juria Nagano. That should be a good one. Yeah. Rika Tatsumi, Miyu Watanabe, and Yuki Arai will go up against Yuki Aono. Raku and Palm Harajuku. Miyu Yamashita and Maki Ito, one to one million, will go up against Moka Miyamoto and from AEW Hikaru Shida. And the two title matches on the show, the Magical Sugar Rabbits, Yuka Sakazaki and Mizaki, the champions, will defend against Free Wi Fi, Hikari Noah, and now Kakuda. And the main event for the Princess of Princess title. Shoko Nakajima, the champion, defending against Hyper Masao. So, Kelly, I'll ask you first, which of these matches are you most excited for? Man, this card's kind of stacked. Um, 
I want to say the tag match, the the tag title match, because uh, I want to see a free Wi-Fi win, obviously. Um, but the main event could be really good too, because you gotta figure with Nakajima and Hyper Masao, it's not just gonna be a straight wrestling match. Like there, there's gonna be some nonsense, and I I love their. Their uh their matches at the first show of the year. So we'll, if we can get that kind of energy, that would be good. Uh, do you think Masao wins? Because I think that's a, a possibility. I think it's a possibility. I mean, as we talked about last time, I don't really know where the Shoko title reign is going. So I wouldn't really mind if it was like, oh, Hyper Masao won it. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, so I could certainly see, I could certainly see Hyper Masao winning. I don't, I certainly don't think it's out of the question. Um, I'm also curious. Well, I sort of wasn't curious and then I was made curious because the semi-main, the tag title match, I figured, okay, Magical Sugar Rabbits are probably going to win. But now, um, if you don't know, through some method... Tony Khan slash AEW have demanded that Yuka Sakazaki come to AEW on May 4th. Uh, it's not clear why. I'm assuming that she might be in a qualifier for the Owen Hart tournament, I guess, but it's something that they seemingly have never done. I don't know how strongly they sort of demanded. It's but very she, strange. <laughs> she will be leaving, I believe, like right after the show. Um, so all of a sudden I'm like, well, if she's leaving, do they change the titles? I think they might. They might, especially because there's something coming up in a second, which we'll talk about, which lends more credence to that. Yeah. What if they Uh, do the, uh, free Wi-Fi comes out at the beginning of the show and demands this match starts right now. (laughs) Well, it's so funny. The, uh, the Gabe Sapolsky special, because there's something coming up on their next show, which is very Gabe Sapolsky esque. Um, I think the best match is look, if Moka Miyamoto can give anything close to sort of the peak that she's shown, I think the one to one million against Sheeta and Miyamoto match will be the best match on the show. Yeah, that could be very good. It's like sort of all up to Moka. If Moka comes out and like kills it, I think the match is going to be very good. I also think, you know, it's very close to the beginning. I'm sure it won't be that long. Suzume versus Juri Nagano. Could be very, very good. Mm-hmm. You know, Suzume is that the right sort of high speed wrestler where even if they've only got six minutes, she could go out and, you know, bing, 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 run around, run around, have high energy and deliver something very good. Yeah. Yeah. This card's really good. I'm super excited for this show. The following day, they have another show. Tokyo Joshi has another show. Miyu Yamashita and Miyu Watanabe teaming to take on Saki Akai and Yuki Kamafuku. But the main event will be Yuki Arai, Suzume, Moka Miyamoto, and Ariso Endo against Maki Ido. And whoever is the tag champions and the singles champions, essentially. Whoever is the princess tag team title holders and the princess of princess tag team title holders. Now, in the notes, it says an alternate will be chosen if Yuka Sakazaki is still champion. That is the Gabe Sapolsky note. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which is like, here's a match announced, but 
also this title match hasn't happened so it's like if still champion <laughs> to me i think that um like that's the thing that puts the doubt in my mind where it's like could free wi-fi win and then i guess they could i think they might i, I think i think they're gonna do it Although I don't know if I'm overthinking myself and being like, no, they'll just like, it'll be, you know, Shoko, Mizuki, and Rika Tatsumi. And they'll just be like, here you go. Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah I that, that, that seems obvious, but <laughs> I want the I, dream to come true. Free Wi-Fi as champions. It could be my classic Tokyo Joshi overthink, <laughs> uh, which I'm known for. Uh, but anyway, Tokyo Joshi also has a show on May 14th, but nothing yet is announced for that show. Sendai Girls has two shows back-to-back. Uh, the show on May 6th, Eureka Oka versus Canon, Dash Jizako and Hiroyo Matsumoto against Maria and Ayame Sasamura, Chihiro Hashimoto and Yu going up against Asuka and Sayori No, That should be good. And a number one contenders match between Mika Iwata and Miyuki Takase going up against Ryo Mizunami and Manami. They then have the show on May 7th, Yurika Oka against Ayami Sasamura, Manami against Miyuki Takase, Mika Iwata against Yu, Chihiro Hashimoto and Kanon against Ryo Mizunami and Tomoka Inaba. Ice Ribbon has their biggest show of the year coming up, their annual Yokohama Budokan show on May 4th. The card is, starting from the bottom, Cherry, Hiroyo Matsumoto, and Kiku going up against Nao Ishikawa, Rina Amakura, and Misa Kagura. Bani Okawa and Yappi going up against Sumika Yanagawa and Saran. Maya Yukihi, Yuko Sakurai, and Natsumi with Ram Kaichao going up against Tehanma, the returning Tehanma, Sayori No and Micah Ozaki. The classic Aja Kong rookie singles match, Aja Kong against Kaho Matsuhida. The triangle ribbon match, Yuki Mashiro, Makoto, and Rina Yamashita. That for the triangle ribbon. The tag titles will be the champions, Saki and Hikari Shimizu defending against Totoro Satsuki and Yuna Manase. The Ice Infinity title will be Sakushi against Asahi, but that will not be the main event. The semi-main event will be the Tsukasa Fujimoto holiday match. Tsukasa Fujimoto and Ibuki Hoshi going up against Arisa Nakajima and Hikaru Shida. And the main event, the Sakushi retirement match, Sakushi and Tsukasa Fujimoto going up against Hamaka Hoshi and Nanai Takahashi. Kelly, I ask you again, this is another tricky one. What match here are you looking most forward to? Um, I think you got, oh, I was going to say, I think you got to go to the main event, but the semi-main actually might be the better match with... Fujimoto and Hoshi versus Nakajima and Shida. Yeah, so I'm going semi-main. That's that's my pick. What about you? Yeah, I think that would be my pick. I think the main will be good. I think the Ice Infinity title match will be good. A really stacked um, card. I'm interested to see, you know, now that Aja's back and had the knee surgery, 
to see sort of what that rookie match looks like. Cause a lot of those rookie matches right before she went on the hiatus were sort of like, I'm going to stand very still in one place <laughs> and you sort of run around me and then I'll beat you up and win. Pretty much. Like, yeah. I just wonder if they look different or maybe they're exactly the same, but a great looking card. Uh, Ice Ribbon going through a lot of change recently, but I'm happy to see that uh, this is a pretty, pretty stacked card. Uh, Ice Ribbon also has shows on the 7th and the 14th. Uh, Wave will have the opening round of the Catch the Wave tournament, which we talked about last episode. That show, though, will be main evented by a I believe main evented by a non-tournament match, a tag match, Yuki Miyazaki and Sakura Hirota going up against Miyako Matsumoto and Hikaru Shida appearing in wave. Uh, Pretty exciting. Shida is going to be all over the place uh, this week, which is pretty cool. Happy to see. Um, Coming off her loss to Serena Deeb in the Philly street fight. Uh, Yes, which I believe was the wrong decision. Uh, Anyway, another another interesting looking match. Wave also has a show on May 15th. Kelly, do you know anything coming up for Chaco Pro? I do, but I just wait. I got distracted. I'm pretty sure a car just drove past my house blasting the fucking dink the clown donk dink doink the clown music i'm incredibly thrown off right now because <laughs> i she's just talking and all of a sudden i hear <laughs> okay uh, uh well hopefully they're not coming to your house i really hope not that would be <laughs> rather upsetting uh okay uh May or yeah, May third we got Chakra Pro two twenty five that is headlined by Mesaruga teaming with Antonio Honda to face Yuna Mizumori and Che Koshikawa. Then on the fourth we've got Gato Move returns, the first Gato Move pro- promoted show since the pandemic started. Uh, this show will air on the YouTube channel, but it'll be the day after the show happens. I believe it is at Itabashi Green Hall, I think, is the venue. Yeah, that sounds right. Uh, so the card looks like this. We've got Toru Washi and Hagane Shino versus Antonio Honda and Transam Hiroshi versus Dragon Ninja, the team of Syari and Chan Shiru. Uh, we've got a singles match of Sayaka taking on Tokiko Kirihara. Uh, a trios match with Masahiro Takanashi and Chris Brooks teaming with Shin Suzuki to face Ken Oka, Yuna Mizumori, and Sayaka Obahiro. Uh, your semi-main is a singles match featuring Balianaki taking on Hikaru Sato, which that should be good. And then in the main event, uh, you've got Meisuruga teaming with Haruka Umasaki to take on Chie Koshikawa and Kaori Yoneyama. Uh, that's a solid card. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, sounds good. I'm excited to see the return of Gato Move proper. Yeah. Yeah, kind of is we're getting to the point in where it's like, wow, I, are they going to ever do that? So yeah, it's cool. I'm I'm excited for them to bring bring a show in front of an audience for the first time since this all started. Well, that is um everything. 
everything, just a few things that are happening over the next two weeks of Joshi. Um, I believe I talked with Kelly earlier. We are going to try to watch as much as we can. I think we're going to deep dive into as much as we can from as many promotions as we can from this upcoming two weeks as a golden week celebration next episode. Um, so we will see it. Much of it, as usual, depends on when things are airing, where they're airing, etc. But in two yeah. weeks, we look can't do anything a, when yeah. Ice Ribbon airs in in uh, June. <laughs> but in two weeks, look forward to a Golden Week or post Golden Week celebration from Jumping Bomb Audio. But that is all we have for this episode. Kelly, I have to ask, do you have a movie recommendation? Buddy, I got two. Uh, So the first is The Northman. Uh, Cool Viking movie. Definitely worth checking out. Uh, And the second is my new number one movie of the year, which I saw last night. That is Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Uh, I went into this movie knowing virtually nothing besides it was highly recommended by other people and it's vaguely Kung Fu related. That's all you need to know. It'll kind of get you in the right mindset for it. It's awesome. It has a ton of stuff visually. I've just never seen before. It's super innovative, inventive movie. Definitely well worth checking out. If you can find a theater that's showing it right now. Yes, that one has been recommended to me by a number of people, so I am a person who has to check that out, and hopefully I will be able to do that in the next week or so. Yeah, it's it's really good. It's one of those, I ignored it for a while, because purely just based on the name, I thought it was one of those movies where it's like two sad teenagers who fall in love and their dads hate them movie. <laughs> Well, that is everything we have for this episode of Jumping Bomb Audio. So for Kelly, my name is Taylor. We will see you next time. Goodbye.